I can be a winning Ryder Cup captain away side is, is an exceptionally big deal and, and it adds a lot to my legacy. For the best Ryder Cup build-up reaction and exclusive interviews, go to otbsports.com forward slash golf weekly and become an official friend of the pod now. You ain't shit! I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. <laughs> Well, fans can be the harshest critics, you know. And they often are. A wife is often the harshest critic <laughs> of her husband. <laughs> I thought I was invincible. That's what you're, you're trained to believe as a sports person. There was four million people in Ireland who knew much more about managing <laughs> football teams than I did. When it comes to music, I can spoof it the best. Your sporting career is the best time you'll have, and, you know, you have to hang on to it for as long as your life, because everything else is pretty crappy. And this is not lies. Stephen Rochford has never spoken to Jim McGinnis in his life. And this is Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk with John Duggan. Until five, you can text us on five three one zero six. We're streaming the conversation as well, so you can listen on News Talk and also watch us on the Off the Ball digital and social channels. For Periscope on Twitter at Off the Ball, YouTube, and on Facebook, we're also streaming on the OTB Sports app. Our Saturday panel today is brought to you by the Sport Ireland Campus, the heartbeat of Irish sport, where high performance, participation, and recreational sport live side by side. Uh, they're celebrating the European Week of Sport to help people hashtag. Be active. So to discuss training facilities at the campus, the return of indoor sports, the Lions Tour, the Olympics and the Paralympics, we're delighted to be joined by the Irish rugby player and Lion, Robbie Henshaw, Olympics badminton player Nat Nguyen and the Paralympics 1500 metres runner Greta Strimakita. You're all very welcome. Nat, we'll start with you. Uh, after a year and a half, indoor sports return this week, Nat. Um, basketball, squash, netball, volleyball, five aside and your own sport, badminton. How are you feeling about it? Yeah. Are you relieved? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think a lot of my friends also are relieved um, to be back playing. Um, I know it was just, it's been such a long time since um, the facilities were open to the public. So it was open to myself because I'm a professional athlete, luckily enough. But yeah, it's really nice now to get everybody, um, all the public, uh, to get playing indoor sports again. Yeah, yeah. What facilities are at your disposal there at the Sport Ireland campus? Yes. Yeah. So there are a big indoor arena. So that consists of it could be anything. Could be football. Um. Could be badminton. Uh. Table tennis. I saw in there. Basketball. Um. Volleyball. I saw in there. Netball. So all the indoor sports you can gymnastics. I can't leave that out. Yeah. Yeah. So. And an indoor track. So I can name more, but I yeah. can't. <laughs> I don't think I have the time. But um, all the facilities are there. Um, world class. I've been, I've been traveling around the world um, to many different countries, training abroad, and I think we have one of the top or world class um, setup in 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 Blanchestown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Badminton. Why would a young or an old person who can now get back on a badminton court take up badminton? <laughs> what What's attractive about? It? Give us a sale, Nat, on badminton. <laughs> I think um, badminton is a good mixture of all um, qualities um, you need. So there's a physical aspect, mental aspects, technical, tactical. Um, but you all, if to be a good badminton player, I think you have to have a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. You can't just be good at one thing. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's a good sport for all ages because it's it's fun as well. Of course, when you're a little bit older, you can just play for fun. Um, but when you're younger, it's a lot more physically demanding, but it doesn't have to be that physically demanding if it doesn't want to. So I think it's a great sport just for keeping healthy and yeah, having a good lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. Robbie, uh, you're in studio with me here. You train at the sports campus with Ireland. Yeah, yeah. We've been training there about two and a half years now. Um, and it's it's a really, really um, quality setup. I think for us it was it was really good um personally we were, we were in Carton House um for uh, I'd say about 10 years and then to to move to I suppose the the Sports Ireland campus um just with the quality of the facility alone it um you know as a player that's where you want to be training every day and that's where you see I suppose the small gains in terms of quality in your training um and just being in that environment um daily what type of facilities do you have then? So basically, it's kind of what Nat said. We have we have an indoor, um, I think a seventy meter long pitch that we we train. We do our warm up on. We have two quality um, pitches outside. We have a full full gym that that can I suppose facilitate the full group of uh, thirty four or thirty five players. Um, 
we have a top class chef, um, Morris McGeehan, who's um, who's who's class. He he has um, great some great dishes, some really good uh, specialities. Does Andy Farrell know about these dishes now? He does. He does indeed. Um, that and and a quality med- medical facility and um, a really really good um, recovery facility, hot cold bath. Um, so it really has everything, and um, I think for us it's it's a re- it's a breath of fresh air for us as players. You were 19 when you signed your first contract with uh, Connacht. Mm. Robbie, what has changed in terms of the day-to-day with high performance and training in those nine years since 2012? Yeah, I, th- I think a lot has changed. If you look at um, even sports science now, uh, the evolution of, of sports science, um, say your running meters on the pitch, your workload, um, you know, you have a sports scientist telling you, you know, you didn't work as hard as you usually work on a Monday or, you know, th- it can be picked up. So like your full volume throughout the week has been measured, um, even nutrition wise, um, counting your calories, you know, what, what grams of protein, what gar- grams of carbohydrate you're getting getting in. And then the rehab specific things like so things you need to do individually to make sure your body is, is ready to go and, and ready to perform. So across the board, um, I could talk for, for hours about it. It's it's a. Uh, it's, it's all data-driven, very much yeah. data-driven now. Absolutely, and, and there's a reason behind it. There's science behind it. Why you, you might be doing, say, three reps uh, in your gym session as opposed to doing six to eight reps uh, for power, strength, strength, uh, you know, load. So there's a, it's, it's all data-driven and there's a, all uh, studies done on, on why we're doing things. Is it fair to say you're playing arguably the best rugby of your career? Is all of that data science really helping towards pushing you towards that assisting you in that um i try not to get too bogged down on it but again uh you have to look at what is is working for you and um i suppose a few little things for me is is probably you know staying on top of the rehab stuff making sure your body's in a good place um nutrition wise making sure you you're, you're fueling your body right um and then rest and recovery is probably top of the list i think some players can fall down into a whole of of overworking and um you know you need to know when to when your body needs to to take a break and to to recover and put the amount of energy into recovery that you would do into training so i think that's a huge aspect where where some players probably um don't see it uh, as as so important Greta, i was reading that you were doing i think 18 miles a week is it in terms of training yes there was a point um in last last season that just I did, <laughs> and um, it it really paid off in my season. I can definitely say that uh, I got I didn't expect to get as many personal bests as I did, so it worked out well. You moved here at the age of fifteen, Greta, from Lithuania. Uh, how quickly did you get into sport in Ireland? Because obviously, there's an integration process, and you're getting to new and know a new environment. Was sport a real friend in that regard to get you? Uh, you know, new friends and, and, and a new way of life? Yes, I, to be honest, like I like to joke, I'm very late comer into the sport. So I started um, uh, kind of training, let's call it, when I when I was 17. So I was late comer. Even then, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I was training as hard, definitely not as hard as I did, but it was a great stepping stone because as an athlete, you need to start from, somewhere and for me it worked really well and I definitely can say that sport played a massive role in um, adapting to Ireland to adapting to new culture meeting new friends improving my English language skills and it definitely for me personally it played a massive role and how did you then follow the journey of becoming a Paralympian so um, I I joined uh, Farriers and I started training and and I heard about the Paralympic Games uh, only when I came to Ireland and uh, after 20 after 2012 and um, I just thought I'll, I'll start training and and, I'll, and I see how I get on and you know bit by bit you start training you set little goals and then we it was um, Rio Games coming up and I thought maybe that could be that could be my goal and I was just training and and it all started there. And you had good mentors, like I believe your PE teacher, Sean Gallagher, was a, a key uh, early mentor for you. Yeah, yeah, he was. I think he was the person that first mentioned the Paralympic Games to me. And um, then the, a lot of 
a number of people followed from there and uh, I can all I can definitely say there's a number of people that I'm so grateful to that you know if not their support and mentorship I wouldn't be here where I am today. I was in Rio myself uh, Greta I just remember people being so active now obviously they've got the weather um, but we don't have the weather all the time Greta and it's important therefore to have a good indoor facility and that's what we have at the campus this weekend a family sport fest taking place 25 different sports in the campus for families and kids given the chance to have a go given them experience of the facilities a fit zone a skill zone a sports zone it's having that opportunity isn't it Greta to to get out there and, and do things that, that people need to have I suppose awareness of first of all and, and then have the opportunity to do Absolutely. So you can look at it as a couple of ways. First, these festivals, sports festivals that amazingly sports Ireland campus provides that, you know, we have high performance environment that we share with the public. It's so important because, first of all, the public is more familiar with what a high performance environment looks looks like. Secondly, when we when these festivals are hosted, the athletes, sorry, the kids have the opportunity to try new sports different sports maybe something that they're gonna like and something that they're gonna pursue in the future and i think that is the most important thing and then i suppose it's a great way to for a family for parents and kids to to bond and you know spend time together and for for even parents to encourage kids to stay in the sport and maybe encourage them to join a club and start running or whatever they would be interested in so i think these things are so important uh you know to keep kids active and, and get more future athletes into the sport. Nash, you moved to Cavan, I believe, from Vietnam when you were six. So how soon after that did you pick up a badminton racket? Uh, I say around six, six months. Yeah, yeah, around six months. Yeah, I was um, I was bored. <laughs> Let's say I was bored <laughs> moving over from, yeah, from, uh, from Vietnam. I had really nothing to do. So like, like Reddit, I had to start learning a new, new language. Um, trying to fit in, um, new culture, new everything, um, new weather. I was struggling with the weather coming over. So, yeah, I I've, I think after six months, I had, yeah, I picked up the racket, yeah, just with my dad. Yeah, yeah, that's how I started. And how did it progress from there to becoming, I think you were an under-17 European champion? Yeah, um, just, I love playing. Um, at the start, I didn't like playing, but I, like I said, once you just get, uh, when you start playing badminton, um, I started understanding the game a little bit more. And then I was like, oh, there's more aspects than just running around and hitting the shuttle of the net. So I then I just grew in love with the game. And honestly, till this day, I just love what I do. Um, and I could train two, three, four times a day and I still love what I do. So I, I don't really get bored of it. And I guess that's how I became Europeans uh, junior champion. I just love what I did. And enjoyed every moment of it on court yeah yeah that was it really how do you train reaction speed in that reaction speed oh I, I guess a lot of practice but um i've been working with an eye coach recently um just because i found out my left eye or sometimes a shuttle coming to my left side of let's say the left side of the court i think i was a little bit slower than my right but then i found out my left eye was actually weaker weaker yeah weaker than my right eye so that's one of the things that's how you can actually train your reaction so i've been working a lot like training my eyes <laughs> yeah um and that's what that's been helping me quite um yeah it's been a long process but i'm um, slowly getting there but yeah that's been helping my reactions yeah yeah and also just playing i think um any racket sports um hand-eye coordination has to be good if it's not good i don't think um you can play the sport yeah unfortunately <laughs> In lockdown, it's tough on everybody and you were working at the family restaurant and you're trying to do badminton, you're trying to be an Olympian. How did you manage to juggle everything that? Um, I guess it was a little bit easier because I stayed, um, so I was at home and my sister had a gym and yeah, I would just go to the gym, trained or did um, a gym session with my sister or her husband and then I'd go home, relax, then I'd go to work for my parents and Sometimes if um, I finish early, I actually want to go to the gym again because I have nothing else to do during lockdown. So it was just gym work and yeah, just chilling and spending time with the family, I guess. Um, so it was 
I think it was a very good um, period for me, actually, um, because I got my life kind of slowed down and I got to appre- appreciate just small little things, being at home, spending time with my family. And yeah, and I, I guess I, I actually really matured as a person overall um, during lockdown. And I think that's coming a lot into my Bampton game on court. So it's, yeah, um, I guess COVID was... I think a blessing in disguise, I guess. Yeah, yeah. For we're me, speak- anyways, yeah. We're speaking to Nat Nguyen here, Greta Screamakita and Robbie Henshaw. Any questions for our panel? Uh, do get in touch on 53106. Robbie, uh, these indoor pitches, it's important to know, it's available for clubs as well and schools. So there are facilities here that we have that we can use and should use. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's that's probably the beauty of it as well. Um, you can play multiple sports on, on the indoor pitch. Um, and... I think for for schools, school kids especially to get in and, and to see the the facilities that are available to, I suppose, the high performance uh, athletes. I think for me personally, if I was a kid going in looking at it, I'd be in heaven looking at this, um, at the setup. So I think, um, you know, to, for it's great for, for the younger generation to see, you know, the progression through where you go through your club game and where you get to, I suppose, the, the peak in the sport. And um and to be able to train and, and go on and view and see the setup where, where your I suppose your heroes w- would train, I think it's 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 pretty cool opportunity for for all kids to see. It started for you at Buccaneers, was it? It did, yeah, yeah. It started for me when I was um, about five or six, uh, playing mini rugby in in Buccaneers in Athlone. So um, again, I was I was never um, just rug- strictly rugby. I, I played a, a variety of sports. Um, basketball, uh, football and soccer and badminton a little bit as well thrown in there. Um, so yeah. Matt, you'll have uh, opposition soon, Robbie Henshaw. You can do everything else. <laughs> it wasn't, Challenge it was, accepted. It wasn't, it wasn't my best sport now. It was just, um, we used to play it in school just in PE and used to love it. It used to be brilliant. Um, it's a great sport for reaction, for change direction, um, acceleration, deceleration. It's it's a really good um multi uh, multi kind of directional sport so um yeah it's 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 very impressive you've spoken as well haven't you about the importance of even some gaelic game skills in catching the ball as a rugby player yeah 100 percent um it's i think it was vital in in my development as a as a rugby player uh, i suppose to get to the next level um i think one of the attributes i brought i brought through was was the high ball skill um Probably uh, when I started off playing for for Connacht at, at 19, I was I was throwing in a fullback, so it was pretty pretty vital that I was able to deal with, with the high balls that were coming, um, and definitely just having that um, that baseline of of fitness uh, that you have in Gaelic. Um, I know it's it's a it's a different level of fitness. I'm um, just speaking with with Rob Kearney uh, during the week. He's he's gone back to play a bit of of Gaelic with Cooley, and he's saying he in comparison to any game he's played, he said that the fitness level with the the guys there now is is a is a whole different level. So, um, I suppose if you have that baseline of of um, aerobic fitness from Gaelic, that that definitely helps helps bringing uh, when you go across to rugby. What's your local club in Westmeath? Uh, it's Athlone GAA, and uh, you'll be there in uh, a few years' time, maybe. I haven't ruled it out. <laughs> haven't ruled it out. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's something I'd love to do actually. Um, yeah, just probably for to go back to where I'm from and, and to a lot of schoolmates playing there and, and uh, just probably relive the, the good memories and probably play a junior game or something, something very that that isn't too too um, competitive, but stand in full forward and not do too much. Oh, very good. And catch the high ball and score a few yeah. goals. Greta, you also um, have a basketball background, don't you, uh, from Lithuania? Well, it's it's not not me personally. It's more my my aunt. Uh, my aunt was one of the first basketball players in a women's uh, league, let's say for NBA. So I think she was always one of, and she still is one of the best. And she coaches now in Lithuania. And I think always when I was growing up, in a way, she was a role model. Um, even though even if I wasn't in sport, it was something to look up to, and you know. She would carry their family name and a lot of people in Lithuania, when you say the Jamie Kita, they already kind of relate with her and 
like as a family, we're very proud. So even now I joke around, I think what I need to do my best because we're carrying, you know, the, the, the family name and we need to make sure that we do really well in sports. So I think she did play. And even now, like I, when I look back to the story that I was told as a child, how much I achieved and how hard she worked, um, it really makes me proud and makes me, you know, determined to achieve my own goals. We spoke to Robbie there, Greta, about training and how it's changed for him. In your journey, which I'm sure will be going towards Paris in 2024, how have you changed your methods of running? So I think the biggest uh, method of, of running for me have changed only a year and a half ago, almost. Like, I think for me, it was a journey, um, you know, because I all, I believe that there's, you know, every sport there's a journey. You start somewhere and you grow as an athlete, you get stronger, you do more and more and more. But I think uh, recently, um, around a year and a half ago, I joined the Track Club. And I think that's where the majority of my training have changed. I do, I've never ran this many miles before. Um, I've never did this many endurance work. Um, thanks to Phelan Kelly for that. Uh, but it definitely paid off. It definitely worked for me. And I, I think I'm very grateful for my body that I was able to manage, you know, manage the load and I can see the results. And um, I think it just, it's funny how the body adapts. And, you know, I would never have been Im- imagined in my life that I would be able to train this much. And um, yes, I can't wait now to get back to those miles. And that you play a bit of soccer as well? Yeah, yeah, I'd say a bit when I was like 9 to 11. Um, and then I found out I wasn't as strong as the other kids. So, yeah, I stopped after that. I was always better at Bampton. So, yeah, yeah. But it was a nice, it was a nice just to, yeah, I'd hang out with my friends on a Thursday night or a Tuesday afternoon um, after school. So it was more of a social thing. Um, but, yeah, I only played for like a couple of years, yeah. Well, we got a sense, not of your experience in Tokyo and yours as well, Greta, after the break, after the news or two. And Robbie Henshaw's experience in South Africa with the Lions and the hopes ahead for Leinster and for Ireland. Uh, on, off the ball on the Saturday panel here, just to let you know about the Premier League, the scores. Chelsea nil, Manchester City won as the latest score. This is from Stamford Bridge, uh, the Champions League final repeat. Gabriel Jesus has scored for Manchester City in the uh, second half there. And it is Manchester United nil, Aston Villa nil, and it is Reading 1 Middlesbrough nil in the championship. You can get your texts, your questions, your comments in to Greta Stream, Makita, Nat Nguyen and Robbie Henshaw on 53106. Don't go away because we're back after the news. The Saturday panel on Off the Ball. This is Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk. John Duggan with you through until five. You can text us 53106 or tweet us at Off the Ball. Our Saturday panel today brought to you by the Sport Ireland Campus, the heartbeat of Irish sport where high performance participation and recreational sport live side by side, celebrating European Week of Sport to help people. Hashtag be active. We're joined by three athletes that train at the campus on a regular basis. The Irish rugby player and line Robbie Henshaw, Olympics badminton player Nat Nguyen and the Paralympics 1500 metres runner Greta Streamakita. You can listen on News Talk watch us on the Off the Ball social and digital channels for Periscope on Twitter at Off the Ball YouTube, Facebook and on the OTB Sports app just before we talk to our guests to keep you updated on the football Chelsea nil, Manchester City won in the Premier League Uh, Gabriel Jesus with the goal for City in the second half they are 75 minutes into it Manchester United nil, Aston Villa nil at Old Trafford also into the second half and it is Reading 1 Middlesbrough nil in the championship we got a text in here Robbie on 53106 Hi JD fair play to Robbie for being the most informed centre in Ireland with us spoiled for having so many centres in Aki, McCluskey Ringrose, Farrell quite a few others does Robbie use this to help him drive his own performance and standards says Tony and Kilkenny Yeah good question I think um that's key to to I suppose high performance is, is the quality of players around you and the 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 competition uh, within the shirt. Um, so I think that definitely uh, individually that that drives me to to try and keep my performance high uh, to try and make sure you know I always leave it all on the pitch and um, I'm always give it a hundred percent. So um, yeah, I think we're blessed in terms of the quality of players we have. Um, certainly in the centre and, and across the board. I think there's a really, really good um, crop of players coming through um, that it's, it's going to be an exciting um, Irish team in, in down, the, down the line. We'll talk about your year as well, Robbie, and the Lions in, in a second. Nash, uh, the Olympics, what was the experience like? It was unusual with uh, the, all the restrictions in Tokyo. 
was it difficult? How did you find your first Olympic experience? Yeah, um, I I have to say, I have to be honest, I think it was probably the best experience of my life. Um, I think even with COVID and all the restrictions, um, like, I I don't know, I, I don't even remember them, but like, you have to wear gloves when you're eating or something like that. And oh, yeah, just a load of restrictions. You couldn't even leave the village. So it was difficult um, staying in the village and you get bored sometimes. But Overall, as a whole experience and my performance and how and everything, I think um, it went really well. And I, like I said, the best experience of my life. Um, I, it's hard to explain it um, for me because it's hard to explain it unless you're there and you felt, I don't know, like just the atmosphere. I don't know, like seeing Novak Djokovic, I don't know, <laughs> eating beside me for in the dining room, uh, in the um, dining area. So Did that's, you have a chat, like, Nash? Some- Did you have a chat to him? No, I was too scared to, to ask for a photo. I think I think he just lost. I think it was a semi final match. I think uh, it was something like that. He lost to a German guy. Yeah, I don't think he was in the best of moods. So <laughs> I didn't ask. No, no, no. <laughs> I should have, but uh, I'm sure. Well, I don't know if he'll be at the next one, but I'm sure there'll, there'll be, ma- be many more opportunities like that in the future. Yeah, yeah. You went out to the world number ten, so you you had a, an experience of meeting somebody up close that's highly ranked. You had a competitive match. Yeah. You went to three sets. Yeah, yeah. I definitely felt I had my chances. Um, I've watched that match back endless, countless of times and what I could have done differently. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to playing him again sooner in the future because um, I need to get that, that one back on him. But um, yeah, I think I had a really good like six to eight weeks training block uh, leading up to the Olympic Games um, and it all paid off. It's just... Uh, just small little things at the end that didn't go towards my way but I was really happy the way how I approached the games in my first Olympics because I didn't know how what to expect um, so I just yeah I wanted to give it my all and enjoy the experience because I knew this one wasn't I'm, I wouldn't be meddling or content, con- be contending uh, contenders for a medal I think yeah so I think the next two or three Olympics, I have a lot better chance. So I use this one mainly as yeah, as a good experience. Build on that, yeah, yeah. Was there much closeness between Team Ireland members? Did you see Kelly Harrington around? Did you see uh, Paul O'Donovan? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Paul, I think we we were in like a holding camp and we were with the rowers. Um, so I think I had lunch, or maybe dinner with Paul. Um, but I I knew I know Paul. Um, we did some. Uh, FPD campaign so we were very nice he's very 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 nice and chill guy um, and even when he's performing he's very chilled so um, yeah I think it was a great buzz between the Irish team I think um, everyone is I think we have quite a small team but in this Olympic Games I think we had a quite a big team but everyone is like so supportive and getting back um, getting getting like supporting each other and I think that's that's also on another inspiring thing um that's another thing that helped my performance just the whole environment everybody was just there helping each other wanting each other to do well and boosting each other on and just it gives you that extra five ten percent like all right i if paul um is meddling i should be content i I should be fighting for that or something like that so i think overall yeah it was a great buzz between the team yeah and yeah i i I couldn't ask for better teammates to be fair Yeah, yeah You're big into the motivational messages as well, Nat, I believe. Uh, I think I'm quite... Nah, I'm quite... I, I don't know. Yeah, I think I am. I don't know. <laughs> Just in terms of the mind, how do you get the mind right, I suppose, is my my, my, my real question. Okay. Um, yeah, of course. I think when I was younger, I think um, I was always a little bit negative in that. But I think as I grew up older, I don't... I don't want to waste... I don't... I. I don't want to waste a day when I'm not, when things aren't going well. I don't want to waste that day. So I try to be, yeah, happy, motivating, um, good vibes, good feeling every single day. Um, I know that's not going to be the case, but I can strive for that. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't want, like I have another 10, 12, 15 years of my career and f- I don't want to waste a year. I don't want to waste a single day or the next um 10 15 years because i know my potential and i think if i don't fulfill my potential i don't think i could sleep at night if my um if my potential is not fulfilled so 
I'm just taking it one day at a time and literally giving it all I have every single day. And and yeah, that's my time. That's just my mindset. Yeah. Greta, what was your mindset going to Tokyo with the the Paralympics team? And uh, it might not have been the result you wanted, but I'm sure you can take things out of it that are good learnings as well. Yeah, no, um, I think a lot of things have been said. If we talk about the experience of Tokyo itself, um, I think a lot of people ask me, like, which games did you prefer more, was it Rio or Tokyo? And that would be a very hard question to answer. Like, taking the COVID into consideration, like, the games were great. We all knew what to expect. We knew that there wouldn't be spectators. We knew that there's going to be testing every day. We knew that we have to wear masks everywhere. We know we knew that, you know, in the canteen, you can't really talk with other person because there's glass everywhere. And, you know, we expect it all. So in, in terms of that, uh, nobody, nothing really shocked me. And I was quite, I think, mentally prepared for that. And going into the games um, and we, we had a training camp in Narita and then I had, I had, we had you know, a couple of weeks to be there and, and, and adapt to the weather and conditions. And we did some training sessions. And one of the last training sessions, I, I knew that I'm in the best shape I possibly can be. And I was very surprised with the sessions and everything went well. And I was very positive. And I know that I'm, you know, I'm a contender <laughs> to, to medal if everything works well. And, uh, but I knew that will, if that would not happen in the worst case scenario, like I knew that. I know, and I still know that it will happen. I, you know, Paris. Um, so I was prepared. I was, I think I was prepared both ways, but um, I suppose when I, when I look back to the race, in, it was inc- the final was incredible. Uh, the actual race was, we all battled for the medals and that's what you want. Um, so yes, when I, when I didn't finish, uh, I was very close to being second, and then the, the race went back and forward, third, second, and uh, when I did medal, it was disappointing, but um, I knew, I straight away, I knew that something, that I did something wrong, I'm just, you know, with the, with the moment, you, you're not really sure what, what went wrong, uh, but um, when I look back now, I, I, I took the learnings from it, and uh, I took the positives as well, and it is. It is. It's been a game for once in five years this time, but you know you have to look up to, to the improvements. You have to look up to the season and all these other aspects that come with it, and the racing and and how you felt as an athlete. And I, I take, um, I, I would like to take all the positives and on all the learnings from it for sure. And do you do anything specifically with psychologists or with the mind, Greta, to prepare you for these big moments? Uh, no, not not really. I think. Um, like I, I think the training does the job for me. If I, if there's the sessions and if I do well in them, I think for me, the especially the last week before the last session that I did, like I was, I was amazed how well the session went, and I was like, I knew I was ready. And then, typically, I'm that kind of athlete that I get very nervous before the race, and majority of people can tell you that, and it's all written around my face, and I can't hide it, but. I was, I felt so ready and, and I was like, I, I was ready to fight there. And I think that those nerves and I was like, better, you know, just be calm. And, you know, you, the only thing that you can do is just run as best as you can. And, and actually that was a great learning as well for me to improve even more on nerve side, just doing more and more championships, doing a second Paralympic Games. And uh, I think it, it all kind of fell into place. I feel that Paralympics is, uh, given what happened this year in Tokyo, is becoming more and more uh, uh, achievements are becoming more and more that Irish people are aware of Greta Ellen Keane in the yeah. pool uh, Katie George yeah. and Levy and Ian McChrystal on the bike uh, Nicole Turner uh, Jason Smith it, it's it's really piercing yeah. the consciousness I feel of, of, of society now Yes absolutely I think Ireland is first of all one of the countries um, looking from a lot of different perspectives to support of a Paralympic sport not a society as uh, not only the society, which is amazing because they, they do support the, the sports massively and the amount of messages I got and support from the society as well, it's, it's absolutely incredible. And we can and we saw that it was 
the RT did amazing, did a lot of coverage on the sport, which is absolutely great to see. And then we see, you know, from uh, support to that, it's from Sports Ireland, uh, you know, it's incredible as well. And and I think the, another aspect of it is that this sport has improved so much. And especially with these games, we saw uh, Jason Smith's race was one of the closest very, very Iran race ever, which was incredible to watch. And in general, the sport moves for getting more competitive, getting faster, getting stronger. And like, even in my event, I can see majority of the athletes that have improved over 10 seconds, even more. And that's what you want to see. And, and I think that the it takes time for sport to to be recognized more and more, but I think more and more people are recognizing it and and uh, realizing what it takes and you know and getting more and more involved in the sport and gaining more knowledge, which is important. I think and even more, I think in the future we're going to see even more recognition and even more knowledge in society about the sport. So it might be a case, Greta, when it comes to Paris, you'll be better, you'll be faster, but there might be a more competitive fifteen hundred meters. Yes, and that's amazing, and that's what I—that's what we wanted. Even with the race, I wasn't. Maybe I wasn't happy with the results, but I was happy how competitive it was <laughs> because that's what you want. You want that, like you're standing on the start line, and you don't know. Well, you might know, or you might not know who's going to get the medal, and that's what makes it exciting, and that's what makes it different, and that's you know that's what people want to see. Robbie, your year is all about the Lions. How are you feeling now? You've come back to Ireland. It was a close series. You came out the wrong side of it. What are your thoughts now? You've had a bit of time to think about it. Yeah, initially it was, um, it was a huge come down after you know after the whole tour, the whole experience. Um, it was a really kind of unique tour in the sense that no travelling supporters is, which is what the Lions is all about. Is is the that sea of red that that follows around, uh, follows you around the country. Um, again, um, no no supporters in the stadiums. It was just it was it was a, it was a different different experience. Um, but yeah, the the kind of feeling towards the end it was obviously we had our opportunities within that last test um, to probably to win it. But um, unfortunately, um, Mornis Dane came on and, and and took it took it for the Springboks, which was tough. Um, again, but I know we'll look back and, and say we could have taken our opportunities and you know we'll um, yeah just probably left it left it behind us It looked a bit soulless to be honest watching it back here did it feel that way playing? Um, not really I suppose the whole uh, experience of being in a bubble and being in this uh, movable bubble uh, between where we where we first uh, flew into in Johannesburg which was pretty tough. It was it was like we were compounded into a into a hotel, and we were just moving from from the hotel to training every day. And you know it was it was, it was a bit tricky. Um, but then we after the first two weeks we got down to Cape Town, got to a resort which was um, you know the area was was COVID free, and um, we were on a resort, bit of golf, um, and there was full access to. A spa kind of pool recovery facility so that made it feel more normal and then um the fact that we couldn't leave the hotel made us probably closer as a as a group um in that sense so i think it was everyone you know who was who toured said and who had previously toured said i think it was a really enjoyable experience because you really got to know the squad fully and management fully on a deeper level because we were we, we had to socialize had to mix uh we couldn't go and nip out of the, out of the hotel for a coffee or or go and do you know a few touristy things uh which you'd, you'd usually get to do on it on a down day so in that sense i think it was a real close group and um it was it was enjoyable for for us that way you played well robbie you must be happy the way you played i know we talk about the collective but you did play well um yeah l- listen i was i was happy with, with, with how the games went for me personally um you know, could have got a couple of games beforehand. Um, unfortunately, picked up the uh, a tight hamstring in during the the first couple of weeks, and and that kind of put me off a, a few weeks. But yeah, I think for for how the games unfolded, um, 
yeah, it was it was tough to really make a mark um, on you know on the game, and you know there was a lot of kicking, a lot of aerial battles. There was you know it was it was tight rugby. Um, it was really kind of test match, and I suppose when that third third test came about, and we we knew we had to play, we had to open up. I think um, we do look back some sometimes. Well, I, I'd look back and say potentially could have played more. Um, could have moved the ball around a bit more as opposed to, you know, kicking a bit and, and applying pressure uh, through kicking. But again, it's um, what wins your games. We won the first test with that that um, that kind of structure in in place, and you know that's what worked for us in the first test. So um, that's why we stuck to it. Second test and then third test, we we knew it was it was just go for it, and then. Um, yeah, unfortunately it didn't happen, but yeah, uh, overall I, I was really, um, really happy with, I suppose, the experience and, and getting three uh, test starts. I mean, that was, it was a big goal of mine um, personally from when we, we went into lockdown first. It was probably top of, top of the list was was trying to get it, get into a test, uh, a test start because in, in 17 I was um, unfortunate to be on the, the midweek team and and picked up an injury and it was probably a sense of frustration uh coming coming home flying home early having to go and get an operation on my pec and yeah so i i definitely felt there was a bit of um you know there, i i had more to offer and and thankfully um you know the hard work throughout lockdown and and just trying to be consistent throughout the season and and really enjoy rugby i think was was a big thing for me i think that that paid out is it a mindset thing then when you're 28, you're turning 28, about peaking at probably the biggest month of your life? It is, yeah, it is. And and I think, you again, um, you have to take it one day at a time. Can't look too far forward. But again, you need to you need to realise um, your potential and, and what you can, what what you can do if, if you, you know, if you if you do all the work and if you prepare yourself right and apply yourself that the potential is there and and you know you can you can achieve your goals and then it was it was a mindset shift for me um i suppose i just started enjoying rugby um and started just not worrying about outside noise not worrying about the the outcome um the result you know just going and and playing I just want to quote Ian Henderson here, Robbie, from the week. Uh, he was on an interview with the BBC. Uh, before you know it, you're trying to be South Africa at their own game. South Africa just won a World Cup doing their own game. They're incredible at it. Falling into what they're incredibly good at, I think, is something a team probably shouldn't try to do, playing a team like that. Did we play into their hands a bit, do you think? Yeah, it's, uh, I, I saw that quote from, from Ian. Um, again, I said we, we beat them kind of at that game plan in the first test, and it worked for us. Um you know, physically we were strong in the scrum. We we had them in the mall, and then they completely flipped it in the second test. We knew there was going to be a reaction, but then you look at the the rugby championship now uh, happening. Australia have beaten them twice in a row by probably not playing that type of rugby. So I can see where Hendy's um, thoughts are coming from. That if you pr- probably play more rugby against them and break them down, you have probably more of a chance. But again, they're I think they were one score off uh, Australia um, in those two results so they were still tight games but yeah it's it's a fine balance you have to be able to I suppose play when it's on and not be afraid to play and then when it's not on go back to that um, pressure kind of rugby The margins between victory and defeat are very very slim and as you saw in that third test what happens afterwards is it just silence is it just, just devastation in the dressing room yeah, absolutely. It was, um, yeah, devastation, frustration, uh, what ifs, I think. Um, what did you do? Just pack yeah, up your gear and... I actually, I, I called home straight away. I um, uh, called my, my partner, Sophie, and called my dad. Just checked in with them, told them I was all right. And, um, you know, that... Uh, that um, Fortunately, we were flying home the next day straight to Dublin, which was which was great. And um, you know, had to do a five day um, isolation at home. But again, that that five days uh, was was very tough because it's such a come down. Uh, you're you're really at the, you know, from being with with these people for w- with the team w- with uh, the whole squad for um, seven eight weeks, and then you're 
back in your house in Dublin just watching I was on Sky Sports as well so you can't not watch it um, they were replaying it so uh, yeah it was it was a tough few days Did you take out any of the musical instruments or There was a bit of that actually was over, there? over there yeah yeah it was funny um, I had a bit of a I don't know what you call it. It's like a bit of a mix with uh, Josh Navidi. Does uh, he's good on the the decks, so he's a bit of a DJ. So I got the the accordion out one night and and started playing. I think it was Ed Sheeran, Galway Girl, with him. And he was <laughs> he was mixing mixing on the decks. I was playing um, into the microphone. So yeah, that was um, there was a bit of crack there as well. Would, would you do that in the Irish camp as well? Well, we have to find a DJ. I think uh, I'm not sure if there's a DJ there, but yeah, we've had a few. We actually have had people come in and play. So Christy Moore would come in and play play for us the week before a big game. Or yeah, we'd have um, certain people come in and, and play for us. Very good. Your future, uh, Greta, when you're looking ahead to the next few years, you've just done a, a master's in business management. So you're hoping maybe to combine a bit of sport and a bit of business going forward? Or is it all about to- uh, Paris now after Tokyo? Uh, well, I do work in AIB uh, two days a week, uh, so I'll continue with that. And uh, yeah, definitely, you know, the championship, the, the competition never ends. And I have the world coming in Japan again at, at the end of August. So, you know, I'll, 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 I'm excited for that. And that's, I think, the next goal. And absolutely, Paris. And for you, what's the plan now for the next three years, Nat? Are you, you going to be working away and... and the badminton becoming more and more of a fulcrum of your life? Yeah, I think badminton has been the fulcrum of my life for the last uh, three, four years. And I think it will be the same for the next 10 or 12 or how many years I want to play. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, uh, I'm not in university. Um, I finished sixth year and then I was, nah, I was never going back to school because I never really liked school. So yeah, badminton has been laser focused since then. And yeah, I'm just enjoying the process and yeah, and it will be for the next couple of years, definitely. Yeah. And I definitely, I want to, I don't know, start some sort of business. I don't know, some sort of an academy or something like that with Bampton in the next few years. Um, just something, just my family is so like business heads on there. Like, why don't you start an academy or something? I was like, yeah, it could be a good idea. <laughs> so maybe it won't be like, yeah, it won't be big in the next couple of years, but I think maybe five, I think five, ten years down the line, I think it could be quite big. Yeah. Um. So that's 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 in my mind anyway. So yeah, that's me. <laughs> very, very good in the academy. Have you got a lot of help from the likes of Scott Evans, Chloe McGee, people who've all already been through this experience assisting you and helping you along? Yeah, definitely. I think um, I was in Denmark for the last five weeks. I actually came home yesterday. Um, I was in Denmark in the same club, club as Scott. So he's been giving me a lot of help um, in Denmark, just giving me some advice because he knows um, what's the, the situation and he knows what I'm going through. Um, just, yeah. And Chloe, I practiced with Chloe since I was 12, 13, 14. So there's always little um, advice coming along in training sessions. So it's, yeah, it was, I was lucky enough to have these two growing up so you can see the benchmark and even push further and per- further more. So for the next generation to look forward to, yeah. yeah. And having indoor sports and sport uh, Campus Ireland open as well is, is really important in that, Nat. Uh, 53106, Joan yeah. Waterford has been in touch, Robbie, to say, what about proper church, Keen Healy? He will not be happy about not being considered to be a DJ. <laughs> Oh she, I yeah, I actually forgot about that. Uh <laughs> I know Tyg Furlong was um was doing a bit of um he was putting his hand up over there as well in South Africa with Tom Curry. They they named their their I suppose their their band Scrum and Bass. Um, very good. Don't know if they, they succeeded. I think Josh took took the wheel. But um yeah, I completely forgot about church. Um jeez, he won't be happy. <laughs> Leinster, what's the, the vibe about this new United Rugby Championship? You've got the South African teams coming in. Do you think it's going to capture the imagination of the folks? Yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting. It's it's great to have um, the additional teams in, which will, I suppose, spice it up a bit in terms of, you know, adding something we haven't played against before. But I'm really um, keen to see how we go against the Bulls today. I know from looking at the Bulls, they were quality um down in South Africa when they played South Africa A, so they're they've a good good team and they're a big big team. So I think it's going to offer probably a challenge to us physically and to a lot of the teams um, 
who were in the Pro 14 last year. You know, um, you know, a physical, a physical challenge. So yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, what they produce today. Michael Ala Alatoa, he's come into the setup now in the front row. Yeah, it's his first cap today. Um, really, really good guy. Um, yeah, and an absolute beast as well. He's he's a he's a big unit. So I think he's he's the man we need today for for going out against a, a big Bulls Bulls pack. So um, yeah, no, it's 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 really exciting to to have Mike in there. You won't lack for motivation this season with. Saracens and La Rochelle and the business end of the European Champions Cup that's something you want to put right absolutely yeah I think it's probably been you know the, um, where we've we've fallen down um, the last couple of years is is the big powerful teams like La Rochelle and Saracens um, you know we definitely um, have it uh, in our minds that we we need to be able to deal with with them when when we play them, so I think again this this could offer um, a, a good competition for us to to get ready for for the likes of Saracens down the line. So playing against the the big teams like South African teams will probably help us get ready for that. And finally, Robbie and Greta and Nash, just in terms of the World Cup is a couple of years ahead. The cycle you've spoken about there about mindset and execution and the Lions, it's a Area where you've underperformed in the World Cup over the last 34 years. Andy Farrell, maybe a bit more expansive play. We've got it now, a two-year plan to get there. And that's something we're going to hopefully see now through the Six Nations and, and beyond. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, in past, we probably haven't, um, you know, set our, set our intentions on, on a World Cup. Um, you know, that was two years away. But I think everyone everyone knows now that's that's probably that's the primary primary goal is to really build build now for the for the next couple of seasons and you know to to get there and, and be be a real real strong force when we get there so i think the this season we've we've so many games we have three three games in november um you know japan argentina and the all blacks and then we have over six nations and a three test tour uh, to new zealand in june so I think it's going to be, um, you know, there's plenty of games there against, you know, the top side in the world at the moment um, that we can see where we are. But it's it's definitely uh, going to be a building, a building block and over the next two seasons to make sure we're, you know, we perform at, at the next World Cup. Robbie, are you going along to the Bulls, I presume? Uh, yeah, I'm going to head along. Uh, enjoy tonight. it. Yeah. Greta and Nat, thanks so much. And uh, well, I hope to speak to you ahead of Paris and after you win in Paris. Thank yeah. you so much for having yeah. me. <laughs> Nat Nguyen from uh, uh, the badminton player, Greta Screamakita, Paralympian, 1500 metres runner, and Robbie Henshaw in studio with us on the Saturday panel. Uh, just celebrating uh, sport. Uh, Campus Ireland and uh, the great work that they're doing there. The heartbeat of Irish sport where performance, participation and recreational sport live side by side. Hashtag be active. They're celebrating European Week of Sport. The Saturday panel on Off the Ball.